Look at this. Yeah. Don't want that microphone to like ring in her ears. But look, this is me, LeClaire. Get it out. Go ahead. This is the daughter of Josh and Grace. Grace Chastain. And the uh, uh, grandparents back there just smiling and beaming. Look at Danielle and Jeremy back there. But uh beautiful baby here. And, uh yeah. Father, thank you so much for this child. For Mila. And I pray for, yeah. Pray for peace. <laughs> And I just ask that, Lord, that you would bless Josh and Grace, that they can raise her up and teach her about you, that she can know you as Lord and Savior, and that you would just encourage them. And as a church, too, that we would do the same thing, that we would encourage this little girl right here to know you. So, Father, thank you for life. Thank you for new life. And thank you for Mila Claire. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Almost made it. I'm blaming that one on Matt. Very cool. So when I say we want to teach Mila about Jesus, uh, what we've done through the Gospels already is this, is that we've taught that Jesus came here on earth as a prophet. And I think that most people would agree and affirm that not only was Jesus a good man, but he did speak truth. He did speak prophecy. And so therefore, we can claim him as a prophet. But now we're getting to the end of his life, and he's hanging out with his disciples in the upper room, just finished the Last Supper. He's going through uh, the first of two, really, discussions, teachings with his disciples. But this one's taken place. Judas has already left. Judas Iscariot has already left. And now he's gone and said, I'm getting ready to be the priest. I'm moving from not only the prophet, but to the priest I'm going to make a sacrifice for you. So he moves from being a prophet to a priest and eventually to the king. But now we're at the stage where he's saying, I'm about to be a sacrifice. And last week we got to the middle of John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way. No one comes to the Father but through me. I am the way to the Father. If you want to get to the Father, you're going to come through me. He says, I'm the truth. I'm, it's, it's not about my philosophies. It's really not even about my teachings. It's about me being the truth. I am the truth. And then the third thing that he says in this verse that we didn't get to last week is he says, I'm the life. I'm the life. If there is any one thing, I sent this out in an email yesterday, 
I'm going to teach identity. I want you to know that you're children of God. That God has forgiven you because he died on the cross how many times? Once. He died one time on the cross. He died for all your sins, past, present, and future. And he saved you. You're forgiven. You're holy. You're redeemed. That's who you are. That is your true identity. So I'm going to teach that over and over and over and over again because I need to hear it. You need to hear it. We all need to hear it over and over and over again. But if there's any one thing that I can say that is important for you to experience a, what's called a victorious life, walking here on earth victorious as believers in Jesus Christ, it's that you need to know that Jesus said, I am the life. I am your life. And so today, let's break that down as we work through John chapter 14. You see, I believe that Jesus' life, Christ's life, is the difference for all believers. When he can become your life. And I'm sitting there looking at you guys and I realize that I'm looking at some blank stares and going, well, how do you make him your life? How do you make him your life? How, how do you have an intimate relationship with Jesus? That's a big question, right? That's one everybody wants to know. You talk about it. You talk about Jesus being your life, but let's Let's make that a reality. How does that work? What does that look like? Here's what I know. is not only will the Spirit come and live in you, but Jesus will and God the Father will. I'm sitting here looking at a room full of people that have the Trinity living inside of them. That's what I believe. I believe that. That's because of what Jesus says. I look in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. It says, when Christ, who is your life. Paul says, Christ is your life. Paul also said in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. I, you're literally looking at a person who's been saved by Christ's life. And now that Holy Spirit, Jesus, God the Father, lives inside of me. That's good news. And then he concludes, he says, not only am I the life, but no one comes to the Father but through me. And we talked about this a little bit more in depth last week. We said that that is a statement of exclusivity. This separates us from other faiths. That that verse right there separates us from other faiths. When Jesus in red letters says, hey, I'm the only way, and if you want to come to the Father, it's going to be through me. There's no other way but through me. I believe it with all my heart. The way that you get to the Father is by believing that Jesus is the Son of God and that he climbed up on that cross 
His blood was poured out and forgave us of our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again, he sits next to the Father, and he has saved me from my sins. And then, wait, it gets even better. It gets even better as we read on. In verse 7 it says, If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Literally, Jesus is saying this. Any one of you could put God in this room over here and Jesus in this room over here, and you could ask Jesus a thousand questions, and he's going to give you a thousand answers. And then you go over to this room over here and you ask God the exact same thousand questions that God is going to give you the exact same answers that Jesus gave you. You, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, some of you have seen identical twins when they finish each other's sentences, right? This is even greater than that. They think exactly alike, and Jesus is saying, if you know me, then you know what my father is going to say because we have been together from eternity past. You know what eternity past is? Eternity like forever past. We've been together that long. We know each other so well that we think alike. We're on the same plan. We're doing this together. He says, from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. But wait, remember what's happened here is Acts 2 hasn't come along. In other words, the Spirit hasn't entered into these young men. And they really don't get it. They're just hungry guys that have a good friend in Jesus and they know that they're about to lose their friend. And the things that he's saying in these red letters are somewhat confusing to them. Because they don't have the spirit to help them discern like you do. That's a big deal. And Philip says right here, Lord, show us the Father and that's enough for us. Jesus just sat there and said, if you know me, you're going to know my dad. You're going to know my father. And Philip's like, I don't get it. Just show us the Father. That's enough for us. Go ahead and do it. And Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time and and you do not know me philip in other words philip you know me right i mean we've been hanging together for like the last three and a half years i've been talking to you you've been watching me do miracles you've seen these things you know me he says the one who has seen me has seen the father i am mirrored to my father whatever you've seen me do my father did that. He says, how can you say, show us the father? It's, it's like this. You think this is just a Nike shirt. But I wore this intentionally today. Because you may think that I'm a little arrogant wearing this. But that's not the case at all. The truth is, the holy living God is inside of me. And I pray that it's him up here teaching and not me. When you're observing what's going on up here, you're observing Jesus working in 
the Spirit because God the Father is working in Jesus. That's a big deal. And this is literally what Jesus is saying. Philip, I know you don't get this, but uh, whatever I've done, I've done it all through the Father. It says in verse 10, it's a big one. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? How many times do I teach this? I've pulled this out I don't know how many times, right? This is an envelope that Chloe made several years ago, and it basically says this. Don't you know that I'm in the Father, Jesus, God the Father, and God is in me? Like, you cannot separate us. This is the way we roll. So if you see me, you see God the Father, Philip. It's that simple. He says, the words I speak to you, I don't speak on my own. He's saying the Father is speaking through the Son. Literally, I'm up here today, I've prepared, I've studied, I've done everything I can, I've got my notes. But if you think it's me up here talking, you're in trouble. And I don't say that as an arrogant thing, I'm humbled as I can be to be standing here and speaking as representative of the Holy Spirit. You see, I believe that that Holy Spirit is being taught, being not taught, but maybe being spoken through through Jesus. And God is speaking through Jesus. They are three individual persons, yet they are one, and they have always been one from eternity past. Now comes the big part of verse 10. It says, The Father who lives in me does his work. The Father who abides in me does his works. Literally what Jesus is saying is, Everything that you've seen me do for the last three and a half years, I have not done. It wasn't me doing it. Yeah, Jesus was the one walking, touching people, praying for people, healing people. But he's literally saying, that, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was the Father that you saw working through me. How does that work? Jesus didn't perform any of those miracles. Jesus allowed the Father to live his life through himself. He submitted to his Father. The Father does life through the Son, and then also they do it through the Spirit, and the Spirit does it through me. You sit there and say, well, that seems like I don't have to do anything. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't have to do anything, but I'm still walking around here. I'm, I'm still busy. Check my calendar out. Check my schedule out. I'm busy. But it's the Father doing it through me. People go all the time, how do you deal with everybody's junk? Ha! I don't. I honestly don't. 
If I, if it was me dealing with it, I'd be locked up in the stress center. Seriously. How do you deal with everybody's stuff? I pray to God that it's the Spirit working through me, through Jesus, through the Father. That it's God the Father that's doing it. You see, I believe this, is that, that God never saved you to do work for him. <laughs> you've been raised in church and you've been taught, now that you're saved, it's your responsibility to go do all this, right? This is the way you're supposed to live your life. I don't ever believe that it says that's what I'm supposed to do. Go and baptize, teach. You know, that really is as you go. As you go, I go with you. Because you forget the first part of that, right? That's the great commission that's at the end of chapter 28 of Matthew. It says, watch this. Lo, I am with you always. I am with you always. Go, teach, baptize, disciple. Right? I am with you always. And then at the very end, watch this. It says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, to Jesus. And I'm with you always. As you go about your life, you're going to teach you're going to disciple. You're going to hang out with people. You're going to show them love. You're going to show them grace. And guess what? It's because you're going to do it with me. I'm going to do it for you. Hey, let me try to break this down for you. In the garden, in the garden, there was how many trees? Two trees. There was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good, of good and evil. Two trees. God said to Adam, look, I've provided the tree of life for you to eat from. There's also the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I wouldn't eat from that one. Your choice. Your choice. We call that free will. God's given Adam a choice. Adam chose... To eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And all of a sudden, he could see the difference between good and evil. He looked at himself and go, I'm naked. Oh my gosh, what did I do? But we had this discussion on Wednesday at lunch with some of the guys. What would it would have looked like if Adam would have never eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil... And he just would have eaten from the tree of life, which he never did. What would that have looked like? It's pretty simple. It would have looked like God living his life through Adam. That simple. It would have looked like. God living his life because he's given him the tree of life. Eat from this tree, I'll give you life. God would walk with Adam. He would, death would not be here. The four seasons wouldn't be here. You wouldn't see leaves fall off the trees in the wintertime. He's like, God would just live through you. 
So now Jesus has had to come and show us, show us exactly what it looks like to have God live through your life. Jesus is a model of what Adam passed up on. Jesus came and said, look, I'm going to show him what uh, Adam messed up on. I, I'm just going to live my life, but God, you're going to live through me. And it was a perfect example. Then, watch this, when Jesus died on the cross, he made it so that God would work through his son Jesus. Jesus worked through the Spirit so that we may have life and live it. So God literally works through me now because of what Jesus did on the cross because Adam passed up on that choice. Does that make sense? So when he says, I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly, look, let me do this for you. It's that simple. I will, I will live your life for you if you just let me. Take a breath. Relax. Just as you go, there's going to be opportunities for you to minister. You don't have to go create this. You don't have to manipulate that. You don't have to do all that. I'll do it for you. I, I'll bring it to you. And I'll do it. Jesus says, you guys, I'm coming here so that you might have life through me. Then verse 11, it says, believe me. That I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Believe me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. <laughs> believe because the... You guys, if you can't believe what I'm telling you as the truth, then at least look at what we've done. I've proved that I'm the Messiah. Because based upon Pharisaical teaching, there were three miracles that the Pharisees said, you know, we can do all these other miracles. We can, we can turn water into blood, just like Moses did. We can do all these things. We can even turn water into wine like Jesus did. We can do all these magic tricks. We can do all these miracles. We can do all these things. That, but there's three things that we can't do. What were they? One, never heal a Jewish leper. Jesus did that. Two, to heal a blind man that was born blind from birth. No one was ever able to do that. Jesus did that. He was at the Temple Mount, the southern steps. He spit in the dirt, made what I think literally eyeballs for the guy out of mud, put him in his head and said go wash and when you wash you're going to be able to see and he went and washed in the pool of Siloam and guess what he could see what healed him his faith in Jesus who was working through the father God healed him and then the third one, what was the third one? The third messianic miracle is that he would cast out demons out of a mute. Remember, 
one of the things that they tried to do when they would cast out demons is that the, the Pharisees, the priests, whoever would come and they would speak to the demons and say, what's your name? And the demon would speak through the person and they would cast that demon out by name. But if they're a mute, they can't hear, they can't speak. They never could say the name of the demon. But we know that Jesus was capable of doing that miracle. So he says to his disciples, he's like, look, if you're not going to believe what I'm telling you, at least believe what you've seen. Everything that you've grown up learning that you said the Messiah was going to do these things, I've done it. I've done it for you. At least believe what you've seen. And then verse 12, he says, truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. Oh, that's a big one right there. If you believe in me, you're going to be capable of doing the things that I do. I've been a pastor almost all my life. I mean, literally, I've been doing ministry since I was a teenager. I've seen people healed. I've literally seen where a tumor once was, and then there was, they went in to remove the friend's surgery, and there was no tumor, but there was an indention where the tumor was. Are you kidding me? I've, I've seen people get saved. I've seen all these things happen over the years, just, Miracle after miracle after miracle. And Jesus says, you're going to get to experience this. And and I'm not any different than you. You guys in here have seen the same things. You've witnessed the same things. It's definitely not because of me. He says, you're going to be able to do things because of me. And then watch this. He says, And he will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. You see, here's what happened. Jesus did all these things. He came to earth, did them. He says, you're going to do things, and it's going to be even greater than what I did. Why is that? Because watch this. The Spirit was in Jesus. God was working through Jesus. Jesus died, buried, rose again, went and sat by the Father, and they sent the Spirit to come live inside of us, Acts chapter 2. How many of us are there with the Spirit living in it? There's a greater number of us than there was of Jesus walking here around with the Spirit. Literally, he's dependent upon us in this room and the Spirit working through us, God the Father working through us to see greater things than what Jesus did. It has totally multiplied. You will see greater things because I am going to the Father and we're going to send you the Spirit. Verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Man, that verse gets taken out of context. I want a new car. 
He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I believe this. If you call on God's name, that means that you know God's name. And if you know God's name, then you know him. And if you know him, you know what God's will is for your life. And you're probably not going to ask for anything outside of God's will. That's how it works. I think in this very room, most people want to know what God's will is for their life. But if you skip that first step, knowing God, knowing his name, knowing what it's about, you're not ever going to figure out what God's will is for your life. I can tell you pretty simply. I can tell you really what God's will is for your life. I'll tell you, every, everybody in the room right now, God's will for you is to walk by his spirit. That's it. Just don't get specific here. Just walk by the spirit. I know you're getting ready to eat a buffet and you're going to have to make a choice over there. God, what am I supposed to eat? Am I supposed to eat the chicken or the eggs? Don't ask which one came first. (laughs) But watch, watch, watch. As long as you're walking in the Spirit, I really don't think God cares about what you're going to eat over there. All He cares about is you're walking by a Spirit. If you're walking by a Spirit, you're going to know what you're supposed to eat. You're going to know where you're supposed to park. You're going to supposed to know where you go to college. You're going to know when you're supposed to quit your job. Know God's will. How do you know God's will? Know him. I'm sorry that I'm trying to make this so easy for you. I realize it's a lot tougher than it actually is. He says, says this uh, in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Oh, man. Here we go. Another one's taken out of context. You know, we sit here and teach in, the, in this very room right here that we're not under the law. We're not under the Ten Commandments. In fact, the Ten Commandments were given to the Jews. They weren't given to the Gentiles. They weren't given to you. Oh, some of you in the room are like going, what? Well, that's the truth. They weren't given to you. In fact, we go to Romans chapter 5, verse 20, and it says, The law came along so that sin would increase. Yeah, Paul said God gave us the Ten Commandments so that sin would increase. In other words, don't look at this screen. Half of you just looked at the screen. That's what the law does. It causes you to sin more. The reason it causes you to sin more is because they want you to realize that you have sinned and that you need a Savior. And Jesus is that Savior. That's the way the law works. But wait a second. So if you teach that uh, we're not under the commandments, why does Jesus sit here and say, if you love me, you will keep my commands? 
Let me take you to 1 John chapter 3 as we close here. 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, it says this, And receive whatever we ask from him, because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Oh, that hurts. We've still got to keep, John's saying we've got to keep his commands. Wait. Now this is his command. That we believe in the name of the son, believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Wait, that's the command? That's what I'm supposed to keep? Is that I'm just supposed to believe in Jesus Christ and love one another? That's a little different than thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt honor thy father and mother. That, that's a little different. I'm just supposed to believe and love one another. Watch this. Impossible. Impossible. I love my wife. I love my wife. But I don't know how to love her. Some of the guys just go, yep, I get it. I love my wife, but I don't know how to love her. The best way I can love my wife, watch this, this is important. This is a big deal. The best way I can love my wife is to know Jesus. The more I know Jesus, the more I know Jesus, the more I want to be obedient to him the more I want to rest in who I am and trust him to love my wife for me. If I can allow Jesus to love Michelle more than I do, I win. It's the only way it works. It's the only way it works. Watch this. Watch this. This is huge. You can look around. You can look around and you go, well, they're not loving their spouse very well. Hmm. That may be a direct indication that they're not focused on Jesus right now. I'm sorry if I'm stepping on toes, but I can take that same medicine myself. If I want to love my wife better, I better be knowing Jesus better. Because the only way I'm going to love my wife better is because he is doing it through me and for me. Literally, he's doing it for me. I get to rest. There's a Sabbath rest coming It's here, it's right now, it's Jesus doing it through you and you just stop from all that you're doing. That sounds crazy. But sometimes I get momentarily selfish and I try to do it myself and guess what? I mess it up. (laughs) I mess it up. And then I go, okay, Lord, there's only one way, that's you doing it through me 
the only way? God the Father says, Son, I'm going to do this through you. Jesus says, Spirit, I'm sending you. I'm sending you here to earth along with me and the Father to inhabit the believers. And you're going to do this through them. Jesus says, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. And inside here, my daughter did this, is Chloe. Chloe's in Jesus with the Spirit. And Jesus is in the Father, and it's the only way it works. It's the only way that it works is right here. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly to its fullest. You do it any other way, good luck. Good luck. Father, I trust you. I trust you with your word that what you're saying is true And this really is the only way for us to have life here today. Is that somehow, someway, you've taught this morning. (laughs) I'm sure you've taught a million different lessons in this room. I trust you with each one of them. I trust you with my friends. I trust that you're doing a great work in their lives. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.